Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I am a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So today we are going to be talking about what can be a very sensitive topic for some, okay? And that's how dementia kills and the typical causes of death with dementia. So yes, it is a bit of a morbid topic, but it's an important topic that we need to cover. Now, before we get started, we are going to do a little bit of housekeeping and reminders like I've been doing. And if I'm being honest, I kind of like it because it allows me to tell you some things that I otherwise wouldn't be able to. So there are a couple of repeat things, but there's some new information as well. So first, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has purchased a Grow With Gratitude journal after listening to our podcast. I really do hope it will have a positive impact on both your life and dementia care journey. If you don't already know, Grow With Gratitude is our 100-day gratitude and self-care journal that was specifically designed for dementia care partners. Now, unfortunately, we are only able to ship to the U.S. for now, but I'm hoping that will change very soon. But I also want to let you guys know that this will be the last podcast episode that I will mention it in, even if the last couple go unclaimed, until our new book is ready, okay? So for those who are interested, you can visit letsbamboo.com and click the shop tab. You'll see a couple of the pages in the journal as well as a full-blown description. If you want to see more images, then you can visit our Instagram page specifically for our journal, which is instagram.com slash growwithbamboo. I also wanted to remind you that our February freebies are available. So for this month, we focused on activities for your partner living with dementia. So if you haven't already, be sure to check it out and see if it's something you think they'd be interested in or if there's another resource that you may be interested in. You can find our free resources at letsbamboo.com as well, but this time you will click the resources tab. And then just as a quick reminder, our new dementia care book is coming soon. I know I keep saying that, but it is true. We are in the final stages and I'm actually waiting on my personal copy now so that I can make any last minute edits and adjustments that may be needed before it is available for you guys. So if everything keeps going smoothly, we are looking at being able to start pre-orders sometime in April. So fingers crossed guys, okay? And then something new. We are relaunching, I guess you can say, our newsletter. So for those already subscribed to our newsletter, you're probably thinking, yeah, okay, (laughs) but I'm serious, okay? We are going to try to figure this thing out. So the plan is to send out at least one newsletter a month to keep you updated on all the happenings and share a few additional dementia care tips as well. So if you're interested in signing up for our newsletter, it's going to be towards the very bottom of our website, letsbamboo.com. If you are already signed up, then you should be receiving an email very soon, or by the time you are listening to this, you may have already received it. So keep an eye out for your email because I will be sending one out, and then I will try to keep up with it. I know I've been super sucking at it, but... Once a month is my goal this year, okay guys? All right, so let's go ahead and get into the topic at hand, causes of death in dementia. 
So to get started, I'm going to give you just a brief outline of what dementia is, just so we can be sure that we're all on the same page. But if you want a more detailed explanation, then you can definitely listen to podcast episode number two, where I break it all down for you, okay? Now, just as a brief overview, dementia itself is not actually a disease, okay? It's a syndrome, meaning that it's a collection of symptoms that are caused by various diseases and conditions. So dementia is the symptom that's being caused by something else, something else being other diseases, other conditions. So with dementia, you're going to see a loss of thinking, remembering, reasoning, and behavioral abilities to the extent that it interferes with daily functioning, okay? And so different things that can cause these symptoms are Alzheimer's disease, Lewy bodies, brain disorders that impact the frontal and temporal lobes, changes in the blood flow in the brain, alcohol abuse, B vitamin deficiencies, infections, okay, things like that. And there are actually over 100 different conditions and diseases that can result in these symptoms of dementia. But as many of you have probably gathered by this point along your journey, Alzheimer's disease is the most common type and cause of dementia. And that's why it gets so much attention. So with dementia, what's being impacted is the brain, right? And with true dementia, it's going to be progressive and it's going to worsen over time because essentially what is being triggered is brain cell death. So to put it quite plainly, the brain is dying, okay? And what's important to realize is that the brain controls all of our functions, right? So as the brain dies, so will our functioning. And unfortunately, this extends to the functioning of the lungs, the heart, our breathing, circulation, sleep cycles, our ability to swallow, our digestion, everything. So I'm not quite sure about other countries' statistics, but at least in the U.S., it is the fifth leading cause of death for adults 65 years and older, and the sixth leading cause of death for all adults. Now, unfortunately, when they do these types of statistics, they are not talking about all dementias, okay? Just Alzheimer's disease. And so that's super important to keep in mind. But something even more important to keep in mind is that according to the CDC, dementia, including Alzheimer's disease, has been shown to be under-reported in death certificates. And therefore, the proportion of older people who die from Alzheimer's may be considerably higher, okay? And even back in 2014, based off of a study done by the NIA, Alzheimer's disease alone, not including other dementias, may actually be the third leading cause of death, okay? So like I said, it's being underreported on death certificates. So the next big question is, well, if they aren't reporting dementia on death certificates, then 
what are they putting? <laughs> so on death certificates, what you tend to see, which may be correct in most cases, but can create problems, is the immediate causes of death and not so much the underlying cause of death. And this really is a whole other issue that we could get into, but we're not going to get into it for this podcast episode. But what I want you to realize is that a lot of times on these death certificates, they end up putting the immediate cause of death and not the underlying cause, which is often dementia for a lot of people. So let's talk about the most common causes of death for people living with dementia. So broadly speaking, the most common causes are typically going to be infections, accidents, blood clots, coexisting illnesses, and dehydration. But we're going to kind of break this down, okay? So one of the most common causes of death, if not the most common cause, is pneumonia. So pneumonia is when the air sacs of the lungs become inflamed and then they may end up filling up with fluid or pus. And so a person with pneumonia may end up developing a cough with phlegm or pus. They may have a fever with or without chills and experience difficulty breathing. So the question is, well, what makes a person living with dementia susceptible to catching pneumonia? So one of the big reasons is that as dementia progresses, people will start experiencing difficulty with oral motor control and coordination, as well as swallowing. So manipulating the food and liquid in their mouth and then being able to swallow it, okay? And when a person has difficulty swallowing, we call this dysphagia. And this is with a G, not an S. And so that's an important differentiation. You might hear it pronounced a little bit differently. Some people might call it dysphagia, but I call it dysphagia. So there you have it. So if someone isn't managing food or drink in their mouth well, then it can end up going down the wrong pipe. So it might end up going down the windpipe versus the esophagus, which can then lead to an infection in the lungs. And this type of pneumonia specifically is called aspiration pneumonia. So because this is such a big cause, I do want to cover some things that are important to look out for because if your partner displays any of these things, then they may benefit from a speech therapy evaluation. So some of the things to look out for are coughing or choking during or after meals, running nose while eating, watering eyes, change of color while eating, spitting out their food, effortful chewing or like food and drink spilling from their mouth, a wet gurgling voice after eating, or food drink residue that's left in the mouth, okay? So if your loved one is experiencing any of these things, definitely let the doctor know so that they can get them a referral for a speech therapy evaluation. Now, if your loved one has previously been evaluated, but you are noticing the things that I've listed again, then they may need a new evaluation with new recommendations. Now, at some point, if I'm being honest, there might not be too much more that can be done, but 
what we can always do is try. So if you're noticing these things, they've been evaluated, maybe it's okay for a while, but you're noticing, hmm, okay, they're starting to display these things again. Let's see if they need a new eval with new recommendations, okay? Now let's move on to other types of infections. So let's talk about urinary tract infections, also known as UTIs, and skin ulcers, which can then become infected. So many of you may have noticed just how common UTIs can be in those living with dementia. And so there's a number of reasons for this. So a big issue is that as dementia progresses, managing personal hygiene can become more and more difficult. And if we're being honest, it may become more and more difficult to get your loved one to cooperate when it comes to personal hygiene as well. Then bladder and bowel control also become more difficult and incontinence becomes a really big thing. And another issue that can develop is urinary retention, which is basically when a person has a difficult time emptying their bladder fully. So what's left is essentially like old urine in the bladder, which is basically a breeding ground for bacteria, which can then lead to a UTI. So for these reasons and some others, UTIs are very common in those living with dementia. And women are typically at a higher risk of a UTI, and that has a lot to do with how our wonderful anatomy and urinary systems are set up, okay? So really quick here, some signs of a UTI. Changes in behavior is a big one. So maybe they're more aggressive or maybe they're just agitated easily. You're noticing changes in their appetite or their sleep patterns. You're noticing increased confusion or disorientation or just an unexplainable decline in function, okay? And this can be something drastic, like maybe they're able to walk one day and the next, for some reason, they can't get out of bed, you know? Now, the issue with a UTI is that it can lead to sepsis or urosepsis, more specifically, if left untreated, which means that it has spread to other organs, such as the kidney. And it can cause issues like kidney failure, organ damage, septic shock, and other things we really don't want, okay? And so if you do notice any of the symptoms that I mentioned in your partner living with dementia, as well as maybe their urine smells very strong, you see particles in their urine, it's a very dark color, things like that, you definitely want to get them to the hospital so that they can be tested to see if they have a UTI. It really is considered a medical emergency, okay? Now, skin or pressure ulcers are a big issue, especially in the late stages of dementia, once a person becomes chair or bedbound. So I cannot stress enough how important it is to adjust the position of your loved one every two to four hours, ideally two, but at least every four. You don't want to go more than four hours without adjusting your partner's position, okay? And then you want to make sure that you're positioning them properly with pillows or cushions. So the areas that are most prone to pressure ulcers 
are really going to be any bony part of the body that comes in contact with a surface for too long. So this could be the back of the head. This could be the shoulder or shoulder blade. This could be the elbows, the buttocks, the hips, around the knee, the heel of the foot, places like that. And pressure ulcers can literally be a pain in the butt and a booger bear to heal, especially if the person also has diabetes. And then, of course, an even bigger issue is if the wound becomes infected. And of course, as with other infections, one of the things that we have to then worry about is the potential for sepsis, okay? Now, other infections that a person living with dementia could develop may be related to like an injury or a surgery or something like that. And many times your partner may not be able to really communicate their symptoms to you for you to really know in a timely manner or you as a caregiver may have a difficult time keeping the wound site clean and dry, especially depending on where it is which then can lead again to the infections and things like that. So as we can see, infections can be a pretty big deal and issue for those living with dementia, okay? Another big cause of death in persons living with dementia is accidents or incidents, especially falls. Falls are huge, okay, for those living with dementia. So the risk for death could be directly associated with the fall itself. If a person sustains like a life-threatening injury, such as like a blow to the head, or if they develop something like a blood clot or infection after a surgery that was required after some fall-related injury, like a fracture or a broken bone, okay? Then we have blood clots. So blood clots are an issue in general for persons living with dementia, but especially if they aren't very mobile. And really, any form of inactivity can increase your risk for developing a blood clot. So sitting for too long, laying for too long, whatever the reason may be, is just no good, okay? When we are in a static position for too long, it decreases the blood flow in the veins, which can then result in a blood clot. Now, the issue with blood clots, I mean, there's a lot, but in this particular case, the issue with blood clots is that they can break loose and then end up in dangerous places like the lungs, the brain, or the heart, which are all medical emergencies and can be fatal, okay? Now, another cause of death can be complications due to coexisting illnesses, which of course come with their own set of issues. And so it is not uncommon for a person living with dementia to also have heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney disease, and something like chronic respiratory disease, okay? And so I'm not going to go into these, but... These illnesses paired with a dying brain just don't typically fare well because, like I said, all these different diagnoses and issues and diseases have their own set of issues. But then, as the brain is dying, 
it's also causing issues with other parts of the body, issues with the heart, issues with the lungs, issues with everything, okay? And so it can exacerbate these conditions as well. And then we have the infamous dehydration as a common cause of death in dementia. Now, according to the International Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry, dehydration and general deterioration is the most common cause of death for dementia patients who live to the final stages. So basically, if a person living with dementia doesn't pass away due to an infection or a fall or a blood clot that broke loose and ended up somewhere it doesn't need to be, then typically the cause of death is related to dehydration or general deterioration. So as dementia progresses, people do not perceive hunger and thirst the same way as this function is also controlled by the brain, which is now starting to shut down even more. And so there can be a general disinterest in food and water, okay? And so towards the end of life, there will be an overall decrease in the amount of food and fluid that your partner is willing to intake, okay? Now, in general, most people can only survive about three to five days without any water. Of course, there are always exceptions, but this is definitely something important to know, okay? Three to five days without any water, keeping in mind that if they do intake some food, some food does have like a high water content. And so that's why there's kind of like this range and why there may be some variance. And some people are real troopers and they do hang on for longer than you anticipate. And some unfortunately go a lot quicker than you anticipate, okay? So that does wrap up this podcast. This probably wasn't the easiest podcast to get through for some of you guys, but I do really hope that it was at least helpful in some shape or form. If anyone has any questions, comments, or future podcast requests, you can definitely send us an email at podcast at whatthedementia.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong, care on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.